You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Talking the Draft Podcast. I'm your host today, Connor Livesey, here with my co-host Dalton Miller, who's back with us tonight. We are joined by another very special guest, undrafted free agent, pass rusher, defensive end, out of James Madison, Rondell Carter is on the call. What's going on, Rondell? How are you today? How y'all guys doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. We know that you got to be on cloud nine right now. Obviously, you're uh, you're embarking on an incredible journey. Uh, we're doing good, you know. We're kind of just doing our our thing, hanging out, recording some podcasts, writing some content. But we're we're so excited to have you on. Talk about your uh, your your journey to the NFL. Maybe talk about your college journey as well. Uh, the first question I had for you um, is: this last these last few months have been a crazy, hectic time for everybody. But I can't really imagine how crazy hectic it's been for someone who's been on a three month long job interview. Um, you've been you went to the Tropical Bowl. You played in uh, an All Star game. You. You know, you, I'm sure you had some workouts that you were going through. Um, how did, the, how were these last three months for you? How did you prepare for this? Um, how was your, how was your whole training process affected by all this coronavirus uh, pandemic issues and in the, uh, the, the lockdown the country's been on? Man, it's been an emotional roller coaster. I can tell you that much, man. Um, just you know, from the whole pandemic, you know, basically shutting everything down. It's been. Hold on one second. Oh, sorry, I just sneezed. Um, this with the whole, this with the whole pandemic going on, just shutting everything down is this man. It affected everything, you know. And um, you know, it started off, you know, after we had the the, the national championship game, you know, and when we played North Dakota State, the next day, you know, I flew out to the national to the NFLPA game, NFLPA game in uh, Los Angeles, and I was there for about a week, and then I came back, and when I, once I got back, I went straight to training, you know, so. I mean, from January 18th up until March, pretty much 19th, I was grinded, man. I was just training, going hard, and I was just getting ready for pro day. And then, you know, three days before pro day, we get a phone call saying that, you know, our pro day is canceled. So it's just been, I don't know, man, it's just been tough, man. It, it was tough, and it, it kind of hurt a lot of guys throughout the draft. I know it hurt my, me throughout the draft process, but luckily, you know, I had good film from this past season, good film at the NFLPA game, the All-Star game in L.A., and um, luckily, I was able to get a phone call, and I was able to get a get a deal done with the American team. 
We're gonna we're gonna get into all that a little bit later. One question I have before I throw it over to Dalton. Uh, you talked about how you were in Frisco this year for the uh, the national championship game. It's been a JMU North Dakota State battle for the national championship for what seems like the last five, six, seven years. Um, you've been there the last three years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what did you have any contact with the Cowboys while you were in Frisco for that game? Um, I know it was kind of early, so the the contact couldn't be but so much. But I, I know like Ben DiNucci said in an interview recently that he ran into Mike McCarthy in the elevator uh, at the Star uh, or the Omni Hotel, I should say. Did you have any interactions with the Cowboys mm-hmm. when you were there in Frisco? No, unfortunately not. You know what I mean? I wish, <laughs> I wish I did, but unfortunately I didn't have any. Um, I didn't have any connection with them while I was in Frisco. Um, the earliest I had contact with them was when I got to LA, you know, so it was literally the next day, like the day Ben had his contact with them. The next day I had contact with them, the Cowboys and I was in LA and, um, that's how I was able to get in contact with these guys and, you know, luckily was able to make something happen. Yeah. And when you were in it, when you were in LA, uh, who exactly did you, you know, get to speak to? Were you talking to scouts or were you talking to somebody from management? Uh, how, how did those conversations go, you know, during the, the, uh, the all-star game week because it's it's a weird week of getting in there and trying to get integrated with the defensive scheme and all the coaches um how did those conversations go man it was crazy um so initially um i got a phone call i got a text from someone in management i forgot her name i apologize i believe her name was stephanie if i'm not mistaken and i get a text directly after the national championship game and I get a text that says, hey, when you get to L.A., will you have time to meet with us for um, an interview and just, so just for us to have some preliminary talks? And I was like, absolutely, you know, and me, I'm, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. <laughs> this is like my first time, you know, having a conversation with someone texting me. I'm like, wow, this is the Cowboys texting my phone. Like, you know, it was, that was pretty cool. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was going crazy about that. And then eventually, you know, we had um, – we, uh, I got there and I started talking to the scouts. And that's who I really was really talking to when I got there. The scouts, man, they were, they were, they were great guys. And I took um, a psyche eval, I believe that's what it was, like a, like a psychiatric evaluation for the, for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And I think I talked to the team, um, the team physician or the team psychiatrist. Like it was one or the other. It was one of them. And we had, you know, we had a conversation. I guess he was just trying to pick my brain a little bit. And then luckily, you know, at the end of I'm on Dallas Cowboys snapback to go with it. So, you know, it kind of <laughs> went along my outfit when, um, you know, they said I was going to sign with them after the draft. So it was pretty cool. Nice. So, you know, after that, you, you did you go back to, to Baltimore to train? No. So when I um, when I got back, I went to I was, I was getting to I was actually in Dallas when I was training. Oh, I awesome. trained at Michael Jones performance. I, yeah, I, I, I trained at Michael Jones performance just outside of Dallas in McKinney, Texas. And um, uh-huh. when I, I got so I got there. I trained. I was at the star a lot of times. Like I was, I was there in and out, like you know, nonstop. So I was in and out of the Frisco area on a number of occasions. So I kind of sort of got familiar with the Dallas area. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was actually there for uh, the media day there at MJP. Um, so I talked to to some of the DBs and and wide receivers. I knew that the Cowboys were going to be looking at them. So I interviewed a couple of oh, those guys. Yeah, so uh, you know, how, how was your time at, at MJP? Did was it more you know working on getting ready for your pro day, um, mixed in with some you know drills and, and you know strength training? What was was that like mostly? Oh man, it was, I had a blast. You know what I mean? I really got a time to 
really hone in and focus on just me and my body for eight weeks. You know, it was literally just training, training, training. I had no school to worry about. All I had to do was just focus on my body. So, you know, I would get up, I would eat breakfast, and then I'll go train for about three hours. You know, and then I'll, you know, get my treatment and my massages, make sure my body is healthy and still fresh each and every day. You know, Monday might be like an upper body bench day all day. And then you might have some squats thrown in there, like some explosive type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Working on your 40. The first hour and a half is strictly your 40. You know what I mean, that's strictly just your 40. And then they throw in workouts to help you with your broad, your vertical, and stuff like that. And then on Saturdays, it was like position work. And that's when I worked with my D-line coach. On um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I worked with my D-line coach, um, Coach Blake. And um, th- th- he got me right, man. Like, I'm just talking just from my feet, my hips. Um, like just, you know, linebacker drills that I was working on and just getting me in shape, man. It was, it was so fun. And then you have it from a mental aspect of the game. Cause then, you know, some Saturdays we'll watch film, we'll go over some plays, we'll go over coverages and stuff like that. So I was doing a lot of learning, man. I was not only getting myself ready physically, but also mentally. I got a question kind of going back. Uh, you, you said that the cow, like when the Cowboys reached out, you talked to somebody in the uh, front office. Were the Cowboys the first Jessica. team that, re- that was Jes- Jessica, were, uh, were the Cowboys the first team that reached out to you this offseason? The very first team. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's good information. They were the very first team. Yeah, they were the very first team to reach out to me. Because um, once, once uh, I mean, I had a junior day and stuff like that. Sure. And, you know, um, like the Redskins and the Seahawks came to my junior day, you know, but. I'm talking about the first team that reached out to me as a pro athlete. Like, as, I, as my collegiate career ended, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys texted me. Her name is Jessica. And she's the um, – and she works in the front office, I believe. She's the personnel coordinator for the Cowboys. Shout out, Jessica. And, um, yeah, shout out to Jessica. <laughs> and um, we had a, a great conversation, and we set up a meeting. And then when I got to Dallas, it was like – I got to L.A., you know, I, I met with the Cowboys, and that was a pretty fun – for me, like I said, I got a snapback at the end of it, and, I, and it fit me well when I put it on uh, last Saturday. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, all right, so yeah. I wanted to get into a little bit of your your straight interactions with the Cowboys. You know, I know you've probably been in contact with a lot of the teams, if not all the teams, throughout this offseason. Um, the Cowboys reach out to you. Obviously, you just told us they were the first team to reach out to you. Uh, you talked to them. Um, what – was there a point of this offseason where you were able to sit down and talk with Mike Nolan or any of the defensive coaches, or was it all scout-related? No, for me it was all scout-related. Um, I did talk to the D-line coach, Coach Thomas Hila, on, um during the draft, and, you know, we had a great conversation. We went over a plan on where they could see me best fit. Um, but, no, like, for the most part, it was pretty much all scouts. It was all scouting. Gave me a great segue there. You said that you talked about where they kind of see you fitting in. Do you mind telling us kind of how those conversations went? Where they kind of because we're I mean again as guys who cover the team, this is a whole new coaching staff for us, so we really don't even know really what this defense is going to look like. What were some of those conversations like? Like where did they see you playing? Right in, left in, maybe some outside linebacker. You know what mm-hmm. kind of fronts did they see to kind of see you fitting in? Can you tell us about some of those conversations that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So the good thing for me is it was just like, you know, defense is kind of sort of, I guess, similar to what I did in college. You know what I mean? And um, it, I'm a four, I'm going to be a, a three, a four down defensive end with my hand in the dirt, five technique. You know, he see me playing that. And, you know, maybe potentially I might move inside on pass rush potentially, or um, I can might just stick to the edge, you know. So, uh, you know, I think it'll be a more sort of thing when I get there and see how well I do when I get there. Um, but, you know, as of now, I'm a defensive end. You know what I mean? I go in as a defensive end and, um, I'm competing. I'm competing for a spot. Competing for a spot on the team. 
Yeah, so with that, um, I wanted to ask about your film a little bit. I was trying to, you know, find tendencies in, in how you set up between right side and left side. Uh, were you a field defensive end? Because it seemed like a lot of the time you were lined up to the field side. You hit the nail on the head, bro. Yep, field side in. <laughs> Woo! Smart football stuff <laughs> right there. Um, so... <laughs> More on top, did you actually get a chance to sit down and watch film with any of the scouts and kind of go over some stuff, or was it all kind of off the dome, what they saw, talking about what you do, or did you get to sit down with them and watch film? No, I, I didn't get to sit down and watch film with um, any other coaches, you know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I didn't get to do it with, over via Zoom or anything like that. So um, for me, it was literally just uh, you know just getting a good vibe from the scouts you know what I mean? Having a good conversation with Coach Thompson, like, it was, I don't know, it just, I don't know, like, you know you just get a gut feeling, you just right. know what's right. And for mm-hmm. me, I, I just knew. I was just like, man, this is just the right fit. Like, And then, I, you know, later on in the convo, I'll tell you guys how the uh, the, 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 the writing was on the wall. Like, there was, like, subliminal messages thrown there while I should have to the Cowboys. And, you know, I'll tell you guys about that later towards the end of the interview. Good. It's crazy, what, though. That's what, we, that's what we like. And you, did you say, where did you say that, <laughs> where did you say those talks happened at? The uh, well, the talks that I, no, I just had regular talks them over the phone via uh, telephone. Okay, okay, I got you. I didn't know if you said they happened. I thought I didn't know if you said the uh, the All Star game or not. But cool, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that here in a little bit. I was just going to get you. You know, we talked about some of the film. Um, obviously, you know, when, when I turn on the film, I see a guy that can play on both sides of the line. As you said, even get in the inside and do some of that twist game work on passing downs. Um, some of the I wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about it though because we we've talked about it a little bit um, in articles and stuff after the after the draft. But uh, w- give us some of the ways that you Rondell Carter attack offense alignment, some of the tendencies that you see in their pass sets or their or their run sets where you kind of want to go and the ways you want to win against offense alignment. So what I normally do is man, I watch film on that tendency. You know what I mean? No matter who you are, everyone has tendencies. You know, no one's perfect. Now you have guys that are you know. Uh, perennial pro bowls perennial all pro guys and obviously those guys have very little flaws but you know um you know everyone has flaws everyone um, is a little bit different so you know like for me i, I study certain things and i watch film on offensive alignment i study is he a quick setter is he a hard setter does he give wide hands does he give tight hands does he give late hands does he give you know quick his hands are quick you know what i mean does he give his chest open a lot um does he, does he have a, a slow ba- um, a tight base a wide base that all that can determine, you know, what move I would do. So, right. I mean, if there's a guy and he has a tight uh, tight base, more than likely I'm going to speed the power that guy because he has no base. And then mm-hmm. I don't care how big you are, if you have a tight base, the guy with the, you know, the more solid base and lower center of gravity is going to win, regardless right. of how strong you are, how big you are. Um, if there's a guy that gives late hands, like if his hands are late, you can get a, like a nice chop spin move and a chop club move on him. You know what I mean? Because guys like that, you can, you know, kill him with your speed first. And he's going to throw his hands so late you can get right around him. You know, if there's a guy that in early hands, you can do like a swipe move. If there's a guy that like, you know, hard sets you, he gives the inside move, you hit him with a hump move. So it's just always things you have to just, you know, keep in mind of because everybody sets differently. You know, some guys set towards that comfortability. And, you know, I mean, you just make your mind up. You know, initially I did a lot of different things because everyone set me differently. Yeah, and I want to kind of build off of that real quick. When you're – Going into a, a pass rush rep or, or just a rep in general, I guess, do you come up with you know pre-snap a, a, a certain plan of attack, and then do you base like uh, one counter off of you know whatever your plan of attack is going to be on that rep, 
or is it more you have that initial plan and then you kind of work off of whatever the the offensive tackle was giving you at the time? Oh, so normally I just I have a plan in mind. You know what I mean? Like I said, like a line is going to give you tendency. So if I'm on the right side and this line gives me a certain kind of tendency, then I'm probably going to have a plan in mind on what I'm going to hit this guy with and have a counter that's going to naturally happen. Like So certain moves have already have a counter to it. If yeah. you're going to hit a guy with just like a regular club rip, and the club rip doesn't work, the counter for that is going to be a um, a, a hump move. If there's a time you're trying to hit a guy with like a um, a chop club, the counter to that is a spin move. You know what I mean? So every move has one counter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You got to just perfect that move. So um, for me, it's just I have a plan in mind, and with that plan in mind, I had the counter to it. And and out of all of your pass rush moves, what is your favorite? Oh, for me, it's the long arm and speed to power. I've been asking mm. my bread and butter all my life. This long arm and speed to power is always my bread and butter. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw a couple reps on film where you did a really nice job converting speed to power, and then other times where you were able to counter that and show some really strong hands with a nice hump move. Uh, so I, I, I did enjoy, you know, because a lot of the times when we're watching these films, especially, you know, uh, at the – you know, the, the SEC level, you get some of these speed rushers where you don't really see a lot of the, the more technically refined pass rush moves. So for me, especially with, a, you know, JMU being a, a smaller school, seeing a more technically refined pass rusher um, at, at the lower level who is able to win and will be able to win uh, against, you know, more advanced technically uh, offensive tackles is a, a really nice sight. My man, I appreciate that, man. You're, you know, and again, you know, what kind of base going off of what Dalton was talking about there, you know, there's a guy that just made a ton of money on the Cowboys defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, who isn't this freak athlete. And he, you know, he's not six foot seven to, you know, he doesn't have that freaky physical build or athletic profile, but he's just a technician. He has multiple ways he can win. His hands are elite. The way he sinks his upper and lower half, you know, to, to land these pass rush moves on time. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what your films like at JMU with the ability to throw different moves to keep your upper half and lower half in sync as a pass rush plans being, you know, provided. So is Demarcus Lawrence, is he one of the guys that might you might have uh, looked at, you know, studied his tape and try to model your game after as you grew at the JMU level? Absolutely. He was the guy, and it was Khalil Mack, and it was um, Terrell Suggs. You know what I mean? Those are, like, some of the three guys that I looked at just strictly on how they play. You know what I mean? I've always been, like, uh, like my, my, my D-line coach when I was at JMU, Coach Hanson, he always told us if we ever watch film, watch the Cowboys. Really? And he said because they have a, they are front that given effort is, like, the, the that is the requirement. Like, you have no choice but to give effort. You have no choice. So, and I said to say, you look at a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, twenty million dollar man. You know what I mean? <laughs> per year man, he plays with crazy effort. And you know what I mean? He's a technician. And regardless of how much money he makes, this guy goes up there and play. He knows how to be a. You know what I mean? So that's a guy, especially coming in. I, I'm going to try to go in and learn under because I just just to learn how to be a pro. You know what I mean? Not even just right. from football, just how to be a professional. You know what I mean? That's just something that I'm looking forward to doing. You know, hopefully, you know, I'm going in, I can be embraced just a lot, so I can go in and just learn. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I don't know if you've gotten a uh, glimpse of it yet, but the Cowboys Nation fan base is, is pretty crazy. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, there's been a, a massive debate on Twitter here recently about jersey numbers. Do you know what jersey number you're going to wear uh-huh. this year? I do not. I mean, I haven't been told to me yet. You know, I mean, I know the drafted guys pretty much probably got first dibs on first. Um, but I haven't, have a, I haven't even checked it out yet. You know what I mean? So, obviously, I won't be able to get five. And I don't know if anyone has any. I don't know if the, all the 90s are taking or not. I don't know yet. You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah. I don't even. If you have the I'm option, it's going to be a you know 90 I mean? number, right? Yeah, it'd probably be a 90 or 50 if I had option. Okay. All right. If what, what, what would your option be if you had free range? If I had free range, it would, for the 90s, it would be 91 or 99. And if it was uh, in the 50s, it would probably be like 58, you know what I mean, 57, okay. something like that. Following in Robert Quinn's footsteps, I like that. And I know 51 is gone. I know they gave it to the guy we drafted uh, with the guy, so yeah. uh, that would have been the other one. But other than that, you know what I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, so, you know, kind of transitioning um, – Away from that a little bit, I wanted to – I had a question I was going to ask you, and then we started talking about jersey numbers, and then I all of a sudden (laughs) forgot about it. Um, Actually, I'm going to pass it back off to Connor, and I'm going to gather myself. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about – you know, you you started your career off at Rutgers. You transferred to JMU. Um, You know, you transferred – and I want your opinion on the story because we've heard multiple things, but was the main reason for the transfer to JMU because you wanted to play with your brother? 100%. 100%. Yeah, that that was like, you know what I mean? Like, just being able to go and say I play ball with my brother at the collegiate level, win a championship with him, you know what I mean? That was just like a priceless moment, man. So, I mean, that was, that was you know, like 95% reason. The other 5% was like, you know, when I was at Rutgers, they had moved my weight up to like 282 pounds, and I couldn't play it that way. You know, especially at defensive end, I couldn't play that. I just said my body couldn't handle it. And, um, you know, luckily I was able to go to JMU, drop down to my original weight, 265, and play play how I normally play. Yeah, were they uh, at Rutgers? Were they doing the odd man front and having you play head up five and just two gapping? That's what they were starting to transition to to an Oki front as well. They were starting to do that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I I I, uh, I remember what I wanted to ask you now. At what point in your collegiate career? Because I know everybody grows up. I did the same thing. I grew up wanting to be a professional athlete, but. When did it really hit you that you understood that that was a real possibility for you? Man, when I transferred into JMU, right, and then when I first got there, um, you know, I went through my sophomore season, and um, you know, I had you know I had a pretty productive year, and then after my I started, and when I got into my uh, we played NC State, you know, we played NC State my junior year, that was my first game starting, and I realized what I could really do when I put it all together. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and that was, yeah, that was just a, something for me where that I, I, I really honed in on. And I was just, I'm going to put my my entire game together, man. And that was a big deal for me. You know, and that was the moment where I really realized that this could be a true possibility. And after I had my successful year, you know, again, we had the junior day and the Seattle Seahawks and the, the Redskins scouts came in. But they said, guys, they literally said in that meeting, you know, with all our pros prospects, they said, you guys are in here for a reason because you guys have NFL potential. And uh, just understand you have that and just know it. So that was it for me. Yeah, so uh, you remember – what what was the feeling like when you got that first sack against NC State? Man, like, I don't know. If you see my reaction, you see how I got up, I let everything out of me. <laughs> like, that was every single, like – like that was my that was like every single thing that I worked for, and that just like I just started screaming, I started beating my chest, <laughs> man. Like I don't know, I let everything out, man, because I was just like, yo, this, I, I worked for this, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's when it really started for me. That was it, like that's that was the game where it was like, all right, I'm about to go, I'm about to turn it to my own. Is that a twenty to thirteen loss for you guys? Is that what it, it was? A very close game, if I'm not mistaken, on a big oh, stage. Yeah. And it yeah, was, I, I, I remember, I remember watching that game um, at a at a bar with some of my friends and. uh they weren't JMU fans. I think there was another big game coming on, and, and that was on. And I just remember watching that game and being like, "Man, they, these Dukes are—they're legit, man. They're—they're they're playing the the UNCs, the NC States. You know that that opening game that a lot of people kind of overlook you guys, and you always come in and you give them all they can handle. And that was—that's you know that it's cool to see it. You know, I, I live in Richmond, Virginia, so I'm about two hours away from Harrisonburg, so I probably follow you yeah. guys closer than than a lot of guys around the country. So when I, when I saw that that the Cowboys signed you and drafted Ben DiNucci. I was just really excited for that because there's not a lot of, you know, Jimmy Moreland came out last year, but, you know, just to see the, the Dukes get put on the maps, uh, it's a it's a really cool thing for a local guy. Yeah, man, that's what I'm trying to do, man. Just put on for JMU and hopefully more, more teams start looking at the JMU a little bit more. You know, I mean, I think we'll get the respect we deserve, but now it's our job, you know, that we're in the league to put, put some respect on JMU name a little bit. Yeah, so uh, before Connor gets to his final question for you, I, I wanted to ask, um, other than, than the Cowboys, what were some of the other teams that you really had a, a lot of or, or had a lot of interest in you and that you talked to the most? Man, I mean, it, it really broke down to about 25 teams. You know what wow. I mean? It was really a total 25 teams, including the Cowboys. So it was 24 teams, like, other than the Cowboys. And essentially it came down to San Francisco and Dallas. You know what I mean? And that's what it really, really home came down to. But, you know, I, the other 24, I mean, it was just so many, I lost count. It got so bad, I just said, I told my agent, Adam, I said, Adam, listen, man, let's just talk when we have one of our better deals in, off, in, in place. And, you know, that's a better situation for me. And, and, you know, I have the best chance to make the team. You know what I mean? And, you know, we uh we got down to it. And then he was like, it was between San Francisco and Dallas. And we just fit, thought that Dallas is a better fit for me schematically. And just, you know, like, you know, for me making the team and just me being comfortable in the Dallas area and stuff like that. Like, a lot went into it, but Dallas sure. overall is the better fit for me. And I got I got a few more questions for you. I hope we won't we won't keep you too much longer, but I do got a few more. Um, I wanted to ask you, for for an undrafted free agent, you go through this draft weekend. It's it's probably a roller coaster of emotions. You know, you have your highs, you have your lows. Obviously, when once you get that phone call, it's it's a feeling that, 
you probably can't even, you know, you'll never be able to replicate that feeling. But uh, how how does it work for someone like yourself who who wasn't, you know, unfortunately didn't get drafted, but they get that call, uh, they receive a you know a big a big time signing bonus, you know, for undrafted free agent. What are the do they call you during the draft? Were they calling you in the seventh round? Were they calling you throughout the entire weekend and kind of asking you and talking to you and and letting you know, hey, you know, we're we're following you. How does that work for for someone that obviously um, unfortunately wasn't able to get drafted? Man, it's crazy because, um, you know, you're sitting there at the table and, you know, you're watching TV and you're just like, man, at some point I hope my name gets called, you know. So for a guy like me, you know, who did get drafted, you know, I started receiving calls during the fifth round. You know, and, you, know you can imagine how that made me feel when my sure. phone rings when I, someone's about to be picked and I'm thinking I'm about to get selected. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it was like, oh, my goodness, I'm thinking I'm about to get picked. And they're telling me, like, hey, listen, we have, like, a, a team might say, hey, listen, we have – a pick in the sixth left and a pick in the seventh left, we'll see where it goes, but just know we will want you on our team. You know what I mean? Like, our team will pick something like that. And then, you know, like, all right, so let's say if it's, you know, let's just pick anything. Let's just say if it's, you know, uh, the Steelers. Let's just say the Steelers call me and say, hey, you know, we have two picks left, sixth and the seventh round. Let's just see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, then hopefully we can get talked to you after the draft. Then you'll wait to the sixth and the seventh round, and they don't, they have their picks, they pick someone else. And then maybe they'll call you directly after the draft is over. You know what I mean? Because they're right. like, hey, we wanted to get you sixth or seventh round, but we had to address our other needs, which is understandable. But then now, at that point, you're getting all these phone calls during the late rounds, and people are trying to basically get you to commit to signing with them after the draft is about to be over. You know what I mean? And that's when it got to the point for me where, I mean, like, I'll be on the phone with my agent, and then a number from – I haven't even seen these zip codes before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was zip codes from all over. I'm like, this must be, this must be Chicago, or this must be – Denver or this must be or Arizona like I didn't know you know there were so many numbers calling me and that's what I just said like hey man I just told my agent like you just gotta you know help me figure this out so I can see what's the best deal for me did Dallas call you at all like in that scenario that you just mentioned in the sixth or seventh round were they one of the teams that called you and said hey you know we're, we're keeping an eye on your name and we have this pick left or anything like that yeah absolutely it was a D-line coach for something it was a, a D-line coach and we had a conversation Gotcha. Cool. You know, we basically talked about, like I said, we talked about everything. So, yeah, it was a great combo. Gotcha. Um, cool. A few more questions for you, then we'll get you out of here, buddy. Um, you said you kind of gave gave us a tease earlier. The, you saw you had a conversation that kind of gave you some writing on the wall. Can you give us that story now? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll tell you exactly what happened. It wasn't a conversation I had. I'm going to tell you the subliminal message okay. that I put out there. So, um, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, Dallas was one of the, the first time I talked to you when I got to LA, right? Um, so for my gathering that I had for the draft, my family bought me balloons, but the balloons were were star shaped. They were shaped like stars. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Then we had just changed, like not too long ago, we just changed our living room around, and the colors of our living room is navy blue and navy blue and white. Then you know, in Frisco, you have the national championship. You get those cowboy hats, like the the actual cowboy hats that you yep. walk around with. Yep. My dad, so I gave that to my dad, you know, right after the championship game. So on on Thursday night, he just so happened to be walking around all day wearing that cowboy hat. <laughs> like he was just in one of his playful, he just so happened to be one of his playful moves, and he just walking around all day wearing a, 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 a Frisco cowboy hat. So when I just really went back and just thought about everything, I'm like, you know, first game I talked to, star balloon shaped, um, star shaped balloons. I got a navy blue and white living that just got changed not too long ago, probably like a month or two ago. And then now my dad's walking around with a freaking cowboy hat on. <laughs> this was like meant to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this was like, it was, this was supposed to happen. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that, it's funny how things work out like that. That's that's, that's cool. It's um, weird, man. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Closing thing I got for you, buddy, is I just wanted to ask you, uh, get you to kind of explain the Cowboys fans who aren't familiar with Rondell Carter, which they need to be, because again, I think you're, you know, once this camp stuff gets started, hoping that it does, knock on wood, but uh, once the stuff gets started, I think you're going to be a name that everyone knows about. Tell us a little bit about the the player on the field and the and the man off the field that the Cowboys Nation is getting in Rondell Carter. Man, first and foremost, you're getting a great guy. You know, you're getting a great person. You know what I mean? I always had to tell somebody if if you don't like me, something's wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm liked by everyone, and uh, and I and I'm confident who I am as a person. You that's know what I mean? that's um, what I tell people. I know. Too. I, yeah, man. Like I'm just confident who I am as a person. You know what I mean? Like I, I just do right by people, and I, and I do my best to do that. And um, and, and I do my best just to be uh, you know just a light guy, man. Because and I try to do right by everyone. But as a football player, man, you get a guy that works, man. Like this guy, I know I work hard and. And, you know, I, and I, I put it all on the line for myself. You know what I mean? I sacrifice. I need to sacrifice. And, and you know, and I work, man. Like, I'm coachable. You know what I mean? I play hard. And, you know, it's nothing that I, I limit myself to. You know what I mean? When you get a guy like that, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in ready to work, coming ready to learn. You know what I mean? I'm coming ready to play, man. And, and, that's, and that's what I do. So, uh, I just can't wait to get inside and just get ready to learn the playbook, get ready to get around my new teammates, and, and just get ready to find a way to fit into the Dallas Cowboys system. All right, before you head out, what when you get back to Frisco, where is going to be the first place you go to get a bite to eat? Man, you know I enjoy I enjoyed the Concrete Cowboy when I was there. Yes, yes, right across Absolutely. the street from the Star. Really, yes, I really, really enjoyed the Concrete Cowboy. I was there. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed this uh, brunch place called the Starwood Cafe when I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if you guys ever heard the Starwood Cat, it's, it's man, like I don't know. It's, I, I went there quite often when I was training, so if I have to be the Concrete Cowboy or the Starwood Cafe, like I, I love those places. Pecan Lodge. Yeah. Next, well, no, next time you're there up in Frisco, you got to go to. Uh, do you follow baseball at all, or did you when you were a kid? My dad was a baseball fan, so I almost had no choice. Almost. Yeah. So Tory Hunter has a, a place up here called Tender Smokehouse. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. best ribs you will ever have. Tender smokehouse? Tender, yep. Okay, bet. I'll make sure I mark that down. Rondell, Rondell, man, this was this was fantastic. Probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. So we appreciate your time so much. My God, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank hey, you. I do right. got to ask a favor. My boss is a ba- massive JMU fan. He, he does have JMU season tickets. You mind giving my boss a shout-out, Brent Johnson? Brent Johnson, shout out to you, man. Go Dukes, baby. <laughs> That's right. Hey, thanks, buddy. I, I told him today we were going to have you on, and he said, cool, man. Tell him to give me a shout-out. So, uh, we, we, we again, we appreciate the time so much. We can't wait to see the work you put in on the field wearing the star this year, and uh, we're really looking forward to following your success in Dallas. My God, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good one. And thanks, man. Yes, sir. Rondell Carter, James Madison, pass rusher. This is Talking the Draft. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next time.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.